everyone, you're listening to Bionic Bug Podcast with fiction author and national security expert Natasha Bajma. Join me as I discuss the latest news about emerging technology, read chapters from Bionic Bug, and explore the real-life technologies featured in my novel. We'll discuss where fiction meets reality in the future. Hey everyone, welcome back to Bionic Bug Podcast. You're listening to episode number 10. This is your host, Natasha Bajma fiction author, futurist, and national security expert. I'm recording this episode on June 24, 2018. I'm going to keep this episode short today because I've run out of hosting space for the month due to my special interview earlier in June. However, I do have a few interesting headlines for you this week. First off, a reminder, if you're enjoying the show, please leave a review on iTunes. You can also support my time and costs of producing this show for only a few dollars a month, please go to www.patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N forward slash Natasha Bajma. Okay, let's talk tech. So the first headline that I want to talk to um, is um, 3D printing and 3D scanning experts crack the Ocean's 8 diamond necklace heist. This was published on June 20, 2018 at 3dprintingindustry.com. Um, This is about the movie Oceans 8. I'm really excited to go see it. I'm a fan of the Oceans series. Um, But I'm even more excited to find out um, that the thieves use 3D printers and scanner to support their con. So um, I encourage you, if you're interested, to read this article. Experts talk about the aspects of the ploy, which ones were realistic, and what could actually be done using a 3D scanner and printer. And actually what happens in the movie comes pretty close. So it's interesting. My second headline for this week, Experts Bet on First Deepfake's Political Scandal. This article was published on June 22, 2018 at IEEE Spectrum Magazine. So last week I talked a little bit about my concern about deepfakes. Deepfakes refer to videos of real people saying and doing things that appear to be 100% authentic, um, but the video is faked using deep learning technology, which is a type of artificial intelligence. In this article, experts are betting on some sort of deep fake political scandal uh, that will take place during the 2018 elections. And the bet is specifically that a deep fake video about a political candidate will receive more than 2 million views before getting debunked. And they predict this will happen by the end of 2018. It's super scary. Um, In fact, this is such a serious issue that the U.S. Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, DARPA, has funded a media forensics project, and this is aimed at ways of finding out um, basically the the veracity of videos and being able to detect um, deceptive deepfake videos. Okay, let's turn to Bionic Bug. Last time, Lara met up with her ex-boyfriend and FBI special agent, Robert Martin. She asked him about removing illegal bugs from Sully's townhouse and peppered him with questions about KillerBot. When she leaves the coffee shop, a bionic bug lands on her shoulder to deliver an ominous message. Meet me at the National Cryptologic Museum. Let's find out what happens next. Chapter 10, Killerbot. Climbing the steps to her brick townhouse, Lara caught a glimpse of something buzzing overhead and a falling object. She reacted immediately, seeking cover against the base of the door by crouching on the ground and shielding her head. Nothing happened. When she finally looked up, a few harmless brown oak leaves drifted downward in a circular motion and floated onto the step beside her. 
whatever might have been flying above her head had disappeared into thin air. Even without visual confirmation, Lara knew she'd seen a drone flying in her periphery. She would never forget that feeling. During her tours in Afghanistan, she served on a special reconnaissance team that would travel behind enemy lines to gather intel. Her team often used drones of varying sizes and capabilities to scope out enemy hideouts. And then one day, insurgents began using sophisticated off-the-shelf drones converted into IEDs against her unit. The U.S. Army didn't anticipate this development, and they were not equipped to counter the attacks from their position. Drones armed with powerful explosives appeared out of nowhere and dove toward her unit, dropping their payloads and killing all of them, except her. For the past several days, Laura had the distinct impression she was being surveilled from above by a drone. With the rise of drone package delivery in D.C., however, she had no way of knowing whether the drones flying above her belonged to one of several online retailers or someone using the drone to track her activities. Admittedly, recent encounters with bionic bugs and the strange note demanding a meeting had put her on edge. Who wants to meet me at the National Cryptologic Museum? Sully's killer? When she first read the note, her immediate instinct was to jump on her motorcycle, speed over to the museum, and meet with the mysterious person in control of the bionic bugs. But Vic's voice rang in her head, nagging her about her tendency to race toward danger instead of stopping to think and assess the situation first. The National Cryptologic Museum was one of the safest places to meet, so it shouldn't pose too much of a risk. Lara didn't think the meeting would put her life in any real danger. Located next to the NSA, on Fort Meade, the museum crawled with federal police, surveillance cameras, and detection dogs. In the end, Lara decided not to go. She didn't like the notion of obeying a stranger's command to meet at a remote location without any reason. What precedent would that set? Plus, the note was rather vague. Without an actual meeting time, the invitation seemed open-ended. She could always go later. She changed her mind. When she opened the front door into the shared foyer of her townhouse, Lars stumbled over a pile of mail lying on the worn oak floor in the hallway. Rather than enter the building and separate the mail into correct boxes, the postal worker must have hastily shoved the stack through the slot in the door. Sighing audibly, Lara bent down to scoop up the mail and caught a whiff of onions and garlic coming from her office on the first floor. Vic must be cooking again. Lara sorted the mail into neat stacks, one for her and the other for her landlord. Her heart sank at the red envelope with a past due notice addressed to Kingsley Investigations. Crap another collections notice. She wasn't sure how to tell Vic the whole truth about their financial misfortunes and the pending eviction. Stuffing the red envelope into her pocket, Lara walked through the door carrying the rest of the mail. Steam wafted up from the black pot on the stove and the smell of freshly cooked food permeated the air. Vic sat at his computer staring intently at his screen. Lara put the stack of mail on the kitchen island and walked over to the stove. I just finished cooking a fresh pot of Greek bean soup if you're hungry, Vic said, not looking up from his computer screen. Also, there's fresh tabbouleh salad on the counter. Her stomach growled. She hadn't eaten all day, and it was almost lunchtime. Thanks. I think I'll grab a bowl. Remind me to thank your mother someday when she visits the U.S. What for? Vic asked, his eyes widening. For teaching you how to be a great cook. Lara gave him a half smile. Something was off between the two of them. She hadn't seen Vic for more than a few minutes in over five days. 
And when she did, he wouldn't make eye contact. He was avoiding her for some reason. I sure hope he didn't take the remote. You should instead thank her for making me a genius with computers, Vic laughed. His parents were both computer programmers and worked for a major firm in New Delhi. That too, Lara chuckled. She didn't know what she'd do without his computer savvy. Did you get the text I sent you? Vic asked with a note of caution in his voice. Yes, I did. Sorry I didn't respond. I met with Special Agent Martin. Turns out he's investigating Killerbot as well. Vic looked up from his computer tablet and stared open-mouthed at Lara. You met up with Rob? His eyebrows knit together, and he frowned just a little. Agent Martin, she corrected. He shook his head. Why, Rob? You can't go through this again. Vic had been at her side throughout the painful breakup and tried everything he could to pick, to help her pick up the pieces Rob had left behind. Vic was grateful for Vic's patience while he dragged her feet, while she dragged her feet, unable to take on any new cases for several months. Lara still paid him for his time, but he was too smart to sit around doing nothing. When Vic became restless and showed signs of looking for another job, Lara finally snapped out of her comatose state. Financially, she was still picking up the pieces from that episode. Vic, don't worry, I'll be fine. It was all business. He's the lead FBI agent conducting surveillance on Sully. I had to talk to him to make progress on our case. Okay, if you say so, Vic was clearly not convinced. So what did he tell you? Well, the FBI initially thought Sully was the killer, was killer bot, which is why they bugged his townhouse from top to bottom. The biggest news is that the FBI instigated the drone show as part of this, a sting operation. Really? Very interesting, Vic said, rubbing his chin. That seems to match up rather well with what I've discovered in my own research. Oh, what did you find? Lara asked, taking a large bite of the bean soup. Vic moved his fingers quickly across the screen of his tablet. Killerbot interacted with a number of people disguised by pseudonyms in, on the TechNow message board on the dark web. He puts out several feelers to acquire drones capable of carrying several pounds each. Based on what you've told me, I'm now thinking Drone Man was the FBI working undercover. Lara nodded. Vic smirked. That was uh, actually pretty obvious. There are two other pseudonyms, Robotech and Cybershop, that I have not identified, Vic said. Rob told me... I thought it was Agent Martin. She took another bite of soup. He told me the FBI identified Sully as Robotech. Apparently, Sully was trying to figure out the true identity of Drone Man and Cybershot before he died, allegedly working for a killer bot. Vic's mouth fell open. Sully was working for a killer bot? His eyes darted back to the tablet, and Agent Martin claims he doesn't have a clue about Cybershop's identity? Lara nodded. Vic narrowed his eyes and his lips formed a firm line as he thought for a moment. That's interesting, he said. Cybershop claims to be a professional hacker and supplier of military-grade technology. Based on the communications I've read, he or she collaborated with both Drone Man and Killerbot. Cybershop offered to sell both of them advanced encryption technology to protect against jamming and spoofing. Well, that's an interesting coincidence, Lara said. With her mouth a bit too full, she continued to gulp down her lunch a bit too quickly. What do you mean? Vic asked. The folks at DARPA think the drones must have used encrypted frequencies for data transmission, protecting them against jamming. That means Cybershop must have sold the tech to the FBI to pull off the demonstration. Did Sully also get the remote from Cybershop? And? Vic asked. 
That means Ra I mean, Agent Martin wasn't entirely straight with me. If the FBI got the tech from Cybershop, they must have some idea about his or her identity. He knows more than he's telling me. A fresh sense of betrayal made her blood boil. What should I expect from a cheater? He also never mentioned working with Justine, now that I think about it. Don't worry, Lara. We'll find out who is behind this without help from that loser G-man. Lara's mouth turned up at the corners. He actually calls himself Drone Man now. Vic returned an eye roll. So what's your plan, Lara asked. Vic straightened his shoulders and met Lara's eye. I'm going to find out the true identities of Cybershop and Killerbot, Vic said as he puffed his chest out just a little. But how? You're not going to start hacking computers again, are you? Lara asked, worried about him getting into trouble. Vic shook his head. Even people using the dark web need to use the surface internet on occasion. They don't realize it, but they leave behind digital breadcrumbs that can help shed light on their true identities. For example, if they use Bitcoin for their transactions, they still have to convert cash into Bitcoin and vice versa at some point. Why would digital currency help you, help you track them? Lara asked, furrowing her brow. Many people don't realize that Bitcoin is not completely anonymous and fail to take appropriate steps to hide their personal identity. So you can track them? Lara asked. Vic nodded. At some point, you need to show an ID to purchase Bitcoin from a reputable source, unless you want to take your chances with a private seller. All transactions are stored on, in a public record, called a blockchain, and can be viewed by anyone. In other words, to maintain your anon anonymity across these transactions, it's critical to separate your personal identity from your digital wallet by using disposable email addresses and using a new one for each payment. It's also a good idea to use a digital coin mixer. Coin mixer? Vic grinned. Coin mixing is a bit like money laundering in the physical world. Before actual money is transferred to your digital wallet and eventually into your bank account, the amount of Bitcoin is mixed with a larger amount of coins first before moving it into its final destination to disguise the actual source of the transaction. Lara frowned. Vic smiled. Don't worry. Money always leaves a trail. If we follow the money, we'll find them. Oh, I almost forgot, Lara said, placing Sully's cell phone on the counter. I would have given this to you sooner, but you've been hard to track down lately. Vic picked up the burner phone and turned it over in his hands. Is this what I think it is? Where did you get it? I found it in a lockbox at DARPA using the key from Sully's filing cabinet. He must have left it behind for a reason. I need to see what's on the phone. It could have clues pertaining to our case. Sure, boss. I'll get right on it. His long, skinny arms dropped to dangle at his side. Is there something else? Lara put her spoon on the counter and gave Vic a serious look. Ah, uh, yeah, there is something I need to talk to you about. Vic stared at his feet. Lara, I'm, I'm really sorry I haven't been around lately. I'm in the middle of midterms at school and have been swamped, and my aunt and uncle want to bring my fiancé over from India for a visit. They keep asking me when I'm going to be done with school and get a real job. I need to start getting my ducks in a row. I don't want you to think that I haven't been putting in the hours. Vic, I'm not concerned about your hours. Lara hesitated, pressing her lips together. It was best to cut to the chase. Did you take the remote from the crime scene? There, she'd asked him. However, as soon as she uttered the words, guilt followed. A long moment passed where neither said a word. How could I distrust Vic of all people? Lara opened her mouth to apologize. Yes, Vic said, not looking at her. What? Lara shrieked. She expected him to deny it. Her head spun. 
Do you realize DC police will press charges against you if they find out? They could press charges against me too. How could you do that? How could you be so careless? Vic pressed his palms to his cheeks. Oh, Lara, I didn't mean any harm. I wanted to take it apart, study the code, and see if I could find something that would lead us to Sully's killer. And you did tell me to keep an eye on it. I was afraid the police would leave it untouched, hidden away in an evidence locker, and we would miss any evidence they could provide. When I said keep an eye on it, I didn't mean for you to remove it from a crime scene. Lars clenched her jaw and glared at Vic. She knew he meant well, but this would put her in more hot water with Sanchez. That is, if he found out. She was not about to tell the detective, at least not now. So that's where you've been hiding the past few days, taking the remote apart? Vic nodded, his shoulders slumped. But I was also telling the truth about midterms and my family. It has been a most hectic week. And have you found anything interesting? Lara asked. No, not yet. I'm so sorry, Lara. I didn't mean for... Vic's eyes glistened. He smacked himself on the forehead. By our actions, we create our destiny. What? Lara asked, confused. For every action, there's a consequence. Hindus believe in karma, the law, a law of cause and effect. In the end, we're defined by our thoughts, words, and deeds. I will accept whatever comes my way. No regrets. Vic, it's okay. I know why you did it. Her expression softened. But from here on out, we need to be straight with one another. It's just you and me against the world, right? Vic nodded. Lara rubbed her forehead. And if you actually get a lead from the remote, I'm going to have to figure out how to share it with the police without getting us both locked up. Vic gave her a slight smile and returned to his computer. Like I said, karma. Lara began sorting through the pile of mail. Thankfully, there was no additional past due notices or bills. But she did find something strange. Tucked inside her new issue of Scientific American, she discovered a large manila envelope addressed by hand to Kingsley Investigations. No return address or postmark. Someone must have delivered this in person. Lara ripped open the envelope and slid out several large photographs. Her heart raced as she flipped through them one by one. Several photos of her in Sully's safe room the night she found the beetle. Photos of her meeting with Rob less than an hour ago. How the hell? Shoving the pictures back into the envelope, Lara's eyes darted anxiously around the office. Is there a camera in here as well? Are you okay? Vic asked, noting her, noticing her sudden movements. I'm fine. Um, I'm going to get some fresh air. I'll be right back. Lara closed the office door behind her and sprinted out in front of the townhouse, down the steps and on the sidewalk. Her chest tightened. Gasping for air, she bent over, put her hands on her knees and tried to calm herself by breathing deeply. Her smartphone buzzed. A text from an unknown caller popped up on the screen. Meet me at the National Cryptologic Museum now. Her heart pounding in her ears, she scanned the neighborhood, searching each car. There was no signs to garner suspicion. Nothing out of place. But somehow she was being watched. A helpless feeling overwhelmed her for just a moment. But then her determination and instincts kicked in. Someone might be one step ahead for now, but there was no way in hell she was going to let it stay that way. Thanks for listening to the Bionic Bug Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, 
please leave a review on iTunes. You can also support my time in producing the show with Patreon at www.patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N forward slash Natasha Bajma. See you next week.